this life, gotta make your own deals Chase your own thrills, pay your own bills On the outer loop, sitting on chrome wheels Phone synced up to the newest chrome bills On air, who cares if it's right or wrong? I just care which guests they invited on Without a minute to stall And there was liquor involved with some hype songs And the night is young Right on cue, the talking begins And we check out what Steve Bills got on the blends A bit grimy a backdrop from the late 80s to the mid 90s Till it finally takes us to a rhythm that works And K. Chrome spits a verse that he didn't rehearse Both flex skills proving it's all in So gather around for the newest installment Chrome Bills Episode number 125 Fortified Live with special guest Moses Rockwell Coming to you live from Rochester, New York. Hi. Welcome. <laughs> Good to see you. Thanks for having me. What are we, three days removed from opening up for Odyssey, right? Uh, yeah, it was, it was great. Oh, Peace shit. Awesome, I'm here. Now, how does that, how, how, we're not sure how it works up there. How do you get connected with being able to open up for Odyssey? Do you know him personally? Do you know the venue, the promoter? Um, I've done, a, I've opened for, for him a few times over the years, but um, this this past show was um was in albany and uh we have a really good friend in common uh dj true master okay and he um they actually had their tour all set all the dates were set in stone and they had a day off and he was like i don't think you should have a day off <laughs> i think you should you should come to albany and uh he, he my band and i opened for for him on memorial day it was super tight that's dope what was the venue uh, it's called the Hollow Bar. Okay, really nice. The dude who runs it used to like do lighting on Broadway, I think, and then he opened a an, a restaurant in Smalbany, and they do some really tight gigs there. And you're how far from Albany? Like two hours? It's about a three and a half hour drive. Okay, so do you get down there a lot? Because I've noticed you've done a lot of work with some of the people out there, like Arigato, obviously mm-hmm. True Master Masai. Yeah, I've been going out there for probably since like to 2010 um and i I guess i'm like part of the the beach shot crew which is what all those guys are involved in so i'm basically like a like a local albany artist but i don't live there okay (laughs) (laughs) so we've uh we've actually been friends with des and uh dude computer for quite some time now the pig food records guys and obviously through them uh, uh-huh. We know True Master and have actually played Beat Shot a couple of times. Have you played the Beat Shot Festival, which I think is always around July fourth? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've I've I don't think I've missed a a fest ever since the 2010 show. That I, I guarantee you, you and I have crossed paths then there at some point. I was in a group called Educated Consumers, and I think we played there in 2012. Okay, on one of was the that, nights. Was that the Kev Brown? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that was yeah. I remember that one a lot. Yeah, it was great. How did you get hooked up with the kids from Albany? Um, I don't remember, man. I think it was it was like via Twitter somehow. Some they were like trying to find uh, they were trying to find acts to fill up the bill because it's like a three day, twenty four hour, <laughs> twenty four hour a day <laughs> festival. So, so I, I I I don't remember who um who linked us, but I'm I'm glad they did. Yeah, it seems like you'd be a real good fit with that. I mean, that, that's a no bullshit area in terms of quality hip hop. It seems like you'd fit in real well there. Yeah, I mean, it, I think I fit in. I hope so because they're all super dope. 
Word. Yeah, we've had um, let's see, we've had Des and Mitch on the show. We've had El Sphinx. Oh, okay. You know, I haven't met El Sphinx, but uh, but uh, he's he's super tight. Yeah, very very dope. The last album, what is that called? It's got the uh, Brain Cave the, Deluxe. Uh, yes, Brain Cave Deluxe. Banger. Waiting for the follow up. <laughs> is that the one that he and uh, Des did together? So it was his first release with Pig Food Records. So okay. I think it was his first uh, official. I think, I think like first hard copy release. Maybe there's some digital stuff first. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that he had done with them. And Dude Computer basically runs Pig Food Records. And Des has got a big hand in that. Right. A large hand. A large hand. A very large hand. <laughs> <laughs> big meaty paws up in there. No, uh, no Trump hands over here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big mitts. Big Mickey Mouse hands. So you said you're you rocking with a band these days? Yeah, I um I started performing with a with a jazz trio a couple of years ago. They're they're called Homeless. Okay. And um Yeah, they they'll kind of just like take my songs and learn them and um the drummer, well he started off as as the drummer, but um he's also like a really great MC, so like we started doing like original songs with the band and we go by Claude Bennington's Fever Dream. <laughs> okay. Nice. All right, I need to write this down. I'm going to check that. <laughs> so when you're playing a show, it's not billed as Moses Rockwell, it's billed as Claude Bennington Fever Dream. Uh lately, yeah. Like a lot of a lot of people that will book me around town here um aren't really aware of that, so they'll just like put my name on the flyer so we're trying to like get the name uh get everyone familiar with the name. Okay. Should, should we know who Claude Bennington is? I don't think Claude Bennington's a person. Oh, it's not a person. Okay. I know. Okay. I was gonna say I know who Ron Bennington is. Maybe they were. Oh, who's that? Is that a sports guy? No, he's a comedy guy. Oh, really? Yeah, he's actually his podcast too. He does a lot of interviews with comedians. No shit. Oh, that's Those, that's like that's like my jam is like comedy podcasts. So if you that ever... shit is like tied for first with rap for me. Okay. There you go. Did yeah. you ever hear Ron and Fez? They were yeah. So they were like the terrestrial people. One of the people that transferred over into the podcasting and satellite world. Ron Bennington is Ron from Ron and Fez. Oh shit. Okay. I know like Ron and Fez. I didn't realize that was his last yeah. name. So they're like the like like the, some of the first guys to do comedy podcasts. There, I'm sure that you are aware of this transition when the internet allowed people to start doing streaming radio and podcasts. And for a lot of people, it made sense to get off of terrestrial radio and then go to satellite. And then, so like when Howard Stern went over to satellite radio, and then very quickly, I feel like satellite radio had a fairly short lived span in terms of talk radio or the talk Mm -hmm. format. And then podcasting became the avenue that a lot of, that gave people almost like independent labels gave rap more of a control. That format gave people like Ron Bennington uh, more opportunity for long form instead of being interrupted by penis pill commercials every five minutes. <laughs> right. does, uh, does anyone still listen to satellite radio? Like Steve, do you still have it in your car? I remember I at one point it came. I came don't. With it, right? There's a lot of dope hip hop shows like the Rap Is Out of Control show. You know the Tony Touch show. Uh, yeah, Toka Tuesday, the, the static select, finger, yeah, five, the Sway's death. five finger death. Like the, I'm, it, it's too much money though. I think satellite radio is still whatever, like thirty bucks a month, that I just can't, I can't swing. Right. Speaking <laughs> of swinging, your cat just swung his tail right yeah, in your yeah, eye. He's he's attention starved right yeah, now. He's really got to get in this interview. It's like there's five people here, none of them are petting me. Dude, I just listened to the. Uh, I'm sorry, we're gonna go off on a tangent, but the Patrice O'Neill, Ron Bennington. Okay. Is it unmasked, Chuck? Is that his? Yeah, unmasked. Love it. It's brilliant. Yeah, it's brilliant. Patrice is is deep, man. So I, I miss that I definitely, guy. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, me too. I think that Ron Bennington has the best format of if you follow that show, Unmasked, where basically he gets a comedian 
sits down for an hour and like completely takes his entire ego out of the conversation and really makes it all about the person that he's interviewing never says oh that reminds me of this time i was in philly and i actually ate a pizza that tasted like that as well like he's able to completely which i don't think any of the three of us are what's doing the, when we interview someone it's the opposite of what we do during interviews where the person we're interviewing gets maybe 10 percent of the time and we just we talk about whatever cat bullshit is going on in the basement at the time uh, I'm so, okay with that. Well, with that in mind, so there is, uh, I definitely want to hear what podcasts and other kind of stuff you're interested in listening to. But for our, our audience out there, right. um, I think it was you or Chuck that said Homeboy Chuck. Sandman. It was Chuck. Yeah, Chuck, you want to tell us how we found out about Moses Rockwell? Yeah, it was the uh, Homeboy Sandman Instagram post, right? And oh, I'm going to paraphrase, yeah. but he said, like, it's making me like... I'm really sad that someone is out there that's this good that I'm just finding out about now. Uh, and then followed it up with like, this is all I've listened to for the last six hours. And I think <laughs> mentioned one of your tracks and, and was like, I'm sitting here writing while just playing this on loop. It might've been nothing new, right? Yeah. Yeah. That, that, I imagine you saw that post, right? He tagged I, you in it and you're like, oh, nice. All right. I printed it and made a t-shirt. <laughs> no. That's fire. It's a great idea. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to Sam. That dude's fucking incredible. So had you crossed paths with him before that happened, or he, how did he find out about you? Yeah, I met I met Sam. He was just like randomly, I think he was on tour with Lewis Logic, and he came he came uh, to town and did like a show. It was like Tuesday night probably. He It was back when he had like the anthrax beard. Okay. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think he was pretty much unknown. And I met that Jesus man. That was probably in like 2009. Mm. And then um, a couple years later, we ended up doing a song together um, with Piso. We shot a video for it, and that was um that was all set up by a guy named James. He had like a he had like a blog which turned into short a short lived record label called Act Live Music. Mm. And he um man, he just got us all together and we did a song and a video for it. And I've known San ever since. And apparently you left quite an impression on him since he wrote the Instagram post like he had never <laughs> Well, I think like what he was saying was like Maybe he was like speaking why... from a perspective of somebody like else out out of body perspective. Or I've known about this dude for a while. Why haven't why hasn't anybody else? True. True. Yeah, that's kinda how I interpreted it. Yeah. Can we talk about sewer chef real quick? Sure. Is that a vegan anthem? Was that a yeah, pro, was that a pro veg song? Are you are you veg friendly? Um, I mean, I'm veg friendly. I've been I've been eating meat this year. I was um, I was off meats for a little while. Okay. I don't know. I just kind of got. I had like a fucked up dream where I had to like slaughter my own chicken, and it like looked me in the eyes, and oh. I woke up and was like, I don't think I can have meat for a couple of years. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it's funny because the song you have, poultry, where you talk about basically just. Dis- labels offering you things to disassemble you yeah 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 i mean that metaphor seems like it stretches across a couple of your songs yeah i, I got a little bit sour um <laughs> dealing with like the the business side of things it kind of puts a stink on you yeah you know when you just want to write raps in your basement right not the kill floor <laughs> are you on a are you on a record label right now no i just i just do everything by myself i mean beat shot is Beach Shot's not really a label. I mean, they they put out music, but um, 
it's we're all just independent. I feel like artists, they're a good yeah. like clearinghouse or a good a good distribution avenue, you know, for connecting yeah. like minded people. Is it like Fat Beats or some shit? Or not quite that official. Okay, but I feel like like for you to say that. I mean, think about this. True Master, who's booked me, and then you know, like we would know him through the Beat Shot stuff. For him to have hooked up Moses with shows on not only Beat Shot, but to say, I'm going to book Odyssey and you should open up for Odyssey. Yeah. That's not necessarily a labels function, but that's obviously like a, a clearinghouse channel you would want to be connected with. Right. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, it's got its perks, but I mean, we're really just friends and, you know, right. you do what you can for your friends. Which is dope. That's how it should be. For sure. You know? Uh, so let's let's go back a little bit. So you're, because that's one thing we were talking about earlier. You have, is it is it the three albums that are available on Spotify? Is that mm -hmm. your entire discography? Well, I mean, that's, it's a pretty impressive amount of music. How old are you? Oh, I'm, I'll be 27 uh, in July. Okay. All right. So you're, we got, we got we a couple got ten, years. We got on, 10 years We got on a couple you. years <laughs> on you. Yeah. I put out um, a, a, a few things before that, but those are like, I don't really like bringing those ones up. Like those are the three that I'll, that I'll share. The dweeb, the, the dweeb trio, as I'll call yeah. it. Those are the three yeah, things yeah. that you're okay. So for our audience out there, Spotify, you got a ton of videos. Google Moses Rockwell spelled exactly how it sounds. This guy's amazing. And so I kind of want to go back to the beginning of your story. How did you get into this? Are you from Rochester? Just start yeah, from been, wherever you I've, want. I've been out here pretty much forever. Um, it, like as far as rap stuff, when did that start? You know, I don't know, man. I feel like rap was just in everything when I was growing up. Like, like Robin Williams was like a rapping cartoon bat in like the first movie <laughs> I ever went to see. You know what I mean? Like, it's completely unavoidable. What, yeah, what movie was Go, that? Fern Gully, bro. Is this, this isn't ringing any bells. I feel like. I think at I that like, point we were already like having a midlife crisis yeah, when that movie so. came yeah, out. Yeah. So. All right, my bad. But yeah, <laughs> like it's, it was just super unavoidable. So like, you know, I've been writing rap songs since I knew how to write my name. And is your name actually Moses Rockwell? No, I wish my <laughs> my name is Anthony. Anthony, okay. Mm -hmm. What's your, social what's your social security number? <laughs> my mom used to part my hair in the middle. Yeah. Okay. And I'd get on the bus and you can probably figure out the rest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. The etymology yeah, of man. Moses. Okay. Kids are, kids are mean, dude. Yeah, definitely. Now, did you use rap as a means to, to keep people from getting too tough on you about the part in the Red Seas of your dome? Yeah, for sure, man. Because like, I wasn't into sports or anything. So like that was like the all my identity is wrapped up in that and has been forever. Okay, which kind of stinks. We can, all we can all relate to that. Absolutely. Yeah, all right. Yeah, we oh, can yeah. all relate to that for sure. <laughs> so by the time you're say like your late teens, early twenties, that's when you start getting into studio stuff and doing shows, or did that come a little bit later? Yeah, I started probably um, getting asked to play gigs when I was like seventeen, eighteen. Okay, you know it, when they were like weren't even really trying to let us into the to the bars. Right, right. No, I'm performing tonight. <laughs> sure, you are. <laughs> this is all up in Rochester. Yeah, yeah. I probably didn't get out of town till I was like twenty-two-ish. Okay. Was that you what seeking you? out stuff, or were people looking for you? Um. Yeah, just like people, because uh, you know MySpace, you could you could like put your songs up on there, and people would reach out via MySpace and then and, and then Facebook, YouTube, all that stuff. Right. And were you freestyling at all back then, or all written? Oh no, you know what? I've never really uh, 
I've never really worked that muscle out. I don't know. I'm not very I'm not very quick on my feet, unfortunately. I'm surprised by that. Just like yeah. going through your discography, I was picturing I'm like I bet this dude's nice off the head. Oh no. There's so nothing had, there's nothing me, in there. Had me fooled. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this. You certainly can't kick a written and pass it off as a freestyle because people would just be like, This guy's the best freestyle <laughs> ever. Look, I'm not into disappointing folks. <laughs> I, I, I aim to please. Right. <laughs> Now, the, the style that you do have, and, you know, for our audience, it's not as familiar as they need to be uh, with your material. And the reason that we say it would come across as the greatest freestyle of all time, it's it's very condensed and very, uh, there's a lot of texture to it, but there's no errors. You're very good a, about putting space between the words, space in between the bars and everything like that. How Did it take you a long time to develop that style and cadence, or is that just what you came out of the box with? Um, You know what? I don't know. It's hard to say, like, the further I go back, the harder it is for me to like listen to those things. Like, you know, I get real, real uncomfortable listening to my <laughs> earlier stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Like, I've never been one to go back and like edit things. Like, once I write it, it's ready to go. And I think I, I think I just got, got good at uh, ma- making sure that it'd be okay by the time mm-hmm. it comes to re- record it. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to be. Going have, back and change. Let me let punch, punch ins or anything. Let like me that? phrase that question. Let me phrase that question differently. Just because the the music before the stuff on Spotify that you don't like to always share or promote, is it more words or is it a little more basic? Oh no, it's always been super wordy because I've okay. I've always kind of gravitated towards those. How can lyrics be too artists. lyrical? Yeah, man, oh. that's the dumbest thing. That's the <laughs> dumbest thing people can can critique rap like. Like this is too lyrical. It's like you shitting me. <laughs> <laughs> the steak has too much steak. Yeah, like a football can't, player can't be too athletic. Get the fuck out of my face. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> now I, I'm gonna go out on a limb. It, from the 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 flawless technique that you have and the execution of them, I'm gonna guess that you record stuff either at your place or you're pretty hands on in the recording of your own material, at least the vocals. Um, I have a I have a guy I've been recording with for maybe like ten years. Okay. And yeah, I, I don't I don't really go pay for studio time and go out. We just we're just in the basement. He I mean he knows what he's doing. He's been like um, messing with Pro Tools for like a really long time. And but it's still like it's still like a trial and error thing for him. Like I've seen him literally pull hair out of his head <laughs> trying to get it right. Right. But so like if you're if you're giving him instruction as to how you want something to sound or where to to, to cut you into or something like that, you might not know the technical term, but you're like, yo, you know what I'm talking about. Do it here. And you guys are on that same page. Yeah. His okay. name is Sharp. He's also a really um tight producer. But um but yeah, it's it's weird. We have like sort of an unearthly communication thing. I don't yeah, I don't know how to articulate it in like a technical way, but like he he always knows what I'm what what I need him to do when I ask. It's funny you say that, and it, not to go anti Ron Bennington on it, but actually, so tomorrow there's a buddy of mine, uh, Max, who I've done quite a few things with. He makes beats. He's a really good beatboxer, but he's a very good studio engineer. And we happen to have known each other for like you know 20 years now, just as friends. I'll go, I live in Virginia, I'll go to Baltimore to record at his place just because we're on that wavelength. And I can't really describe to people exactly what it is, but you know it when it's the right situation to be in. And it really comes through in your recordings, you know? You seem very comfortable with the setup. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. It's, it's, it's totally ruined me for like other <laughs> recording situations. Like I, I need that. Like if he was, if he just decided he didn't want to do it anymore, I'd be in a lot of trouble. Yeah. Like if Rick Rubin was like, yo, I record your next album. You're like, yo, my man's got to come too. I'm just like, look, dude, I gotta, I gotta be in the basement. Right. Right. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. Right. right. <laughs> so you working on something actively right now? Uh, the band and I just recorded a bunch of songs. Um, and hopefully we'll be getting that out soon. I'm trying to produce and write um, a solo record and have that ready within a year. I work very slow. <laughs> right. I mean, the, the proof's in the pudding. I mean, it's definitely quality. Thanks, uh, man. When you when you say you record with the band, so the band, they go into a studio and record there. Because you said it's a jazz trio, right? So they've got live mm -hmm. instruments. Yeah. Oh, okay. I just made a liar out of myself. We, uh, <laughs> we, we have a, a friend who, um, he's a, he's at, as we go college, um, learn the audio engineer stuff. And for his like final sort of project for the class, he, um, he needed to record an album. So he reached out to us saying like, wow. you know, if you guys got songs ready to go, I'll record you and I'll have a thing to turn in for my final project or whatever and you get an album out of it so wow. I'm like yeah i believe the word for that is serendipitous right <laughs> but yeah it was really i mean like you could imagine it, it's it's hard to get all those musicians in the same place at right. the same time so we, let's shift it out chuck our own k chromosome he's in the band he's the mc uh with a live band called avid gamblers i'm sure chuck could could have some uh oh, yeah. stories I mean, of that and for us it's only it's only two guys so I'll be other, other than myself. So there's a drummer, there's a guitar player, and then between the two of them, they fill in all the other gaps. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so when we do live shows, uh, you know, it's very nice that you realize that most of the people in the crowd don't actually pay that much attention to what's going on. So mm -hmm. they're like, oh, I wonder why his laptop's up there too. <laughs> and, like, no one's ever like, where's the flute coming from? In the <laughs> nice. So yeah, the, w that's one of the... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, after you. I was just going to say, that's one of the um, benefits of performing with a band is that people have other things to look at. I've always than, thought aesthetically you know, that was, you know, like it was like, hey, I'm going to press play on my iPod now by the third song that the crowd's not familiar with. They're like, well, this is some bullshit. Yeah. You know, at least with a the band, they're like, I'm going to look at the drummer for 20 minutes. Right, yeah. I mean, they're all a lot more handsome than I am anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, performing with the band and then going back um, to performing with the DJ and beats and stuff. I mean, it's fine, but like, uh, you know, I'm, I'm missing them when I'm up there. It's like, how entertaining can I be standing here by myself? <laughs> <laughs> So for your live show, do you do you practice quite a bit with the band? Do you plan out segues or just let whatever happens at the show happen? Yeah, I mean, you know, we always rehearse at least twice before a show. I mean, we've been kind of doing the same group of songs for a while, so it doesn't take that much uh, re refreshing. But we do try to, like, plan little bits in here. I, like, tell jokes in between songs. Right. Not good ones, but... <laughs> and you said some of it started with you guys covering songs of yours that are presumably off the albums that are on Spotify, right? So you guys doing like Sewer Chef and Yeah, uh, we have we have done Sewer Chef a, a couple times. It's a, it <laughs> makes people uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, to that point, so that Nothing News, which I think is the one that Homeboy Sam Man put out, there you do have a handful of very conceptual songs and then there's stuff where you just rip and shit. Do you do you try to come at uh new beats and everything from an angle or how does that work for you? 
I don't like writing conceptual songs. Okay. I just I just kind of like to rap. Honestly, when I um, hey boy, I'm sorry, I'm I'm dog sitting. Yeah. Um, when I when I first started uh, touring with uh, DJ True Master, he kind of like sat me down and said, "Hey man, you know you can rap, you can rap pretty okay, but you should start rapping about things." So like the um, when I started the the Dweeb series, I was really trying to like figure out how to write songs that are about stuff. <laughs> the whole way through and after having done that did you agree with true master's assessment or do you want to go the more yeah like i guess it, for me it's just less fun to write that way but like once the songs uh ready once it's complete you can kind of like step back and say oh wow this is like what a song is supposed to be right it's just harder to do so right what's I funny is it makes a little uh, bit it. it makes like the albums have a lot like the certain moments stand out um for you and every artist when they do that. But then I'll find myself as a listener, like, uh, interesting is like my favorite track off of that particular album, which I feel like is more of a meat and potato type of song where you're just like, I mean, I guess you're rapping about rap, but it's not like as conceptually involved as some of the other moments on the album. And I'm like, yo, this is in the pocket right here. This is dope. <laughs> Thanks. Man. Is that a, is that a roots throwback by the way? Is that, that's a, like, is that Oh, a it is. Yeah. Not I'm late, man. Doing is interesting. <laughs> I, I love black. So, I mean, it, was, I, it jumped out at me and I'm like, all right, I, I dig this. Cool, man. Thanks for noticing that. Yeah, I'm super lazy. <laughs> <laughs> Unnecessary evil, the hook of a rap song. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, when you say you're lazy, is rap, is that how you're, is that how you're paying the bills, keeping the roof over you and the dog's head or, or do you have a day job? Yeah, I well, I uh, actually just left my. I was um, managing a Walgreens for ten years. Holy shit! My, yeah, my <laughs> store closed, so I um, that, I got this new gig. I'm just putting these like little LCD touch screens together for ten hours a day, and um, listening to audiobooks, podcasts, listen to your your guys' podcasts while doing that. Thank you, brother. <laughs> nice. <laughs> But yeah, that pays. I, I I lose money from from rap. <laughs> so rap you, costs me everything. You were managing a, a Walgreens when you were like eighteen years old. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Let me. I I was working there um, since I was eighteen, and, okay. and um, my last like maybe four or five years, I got a like a management position. I, I mean, listen, you got a couple project managers over here. I can't imagine managing a Walgreens. That had to be a whole slew of shit to deal with. It sucks, man. I mean, they were they were like really good with um, let me take time off to to hit the road every now and then. But yeah, do you have to? Nothing. How do you find managing people that are older than you though? That that was like one of my big things, it's man. Because it's right? like weird. It's like like straddling the line of being like, you know, trying to do your job well and borderline disrespecting right <laughs> this your old man, yeah. the elderly. Yeah. yeah, show up for work yeah. all the time, old yeah. man. I yeah. want to hear about your diaper problem. Right. <laughs> how long does it take you to velcro some shoes on why are you late i mean i imagine uh, oh, oh. when you're managing like a 50 year old that's working at walgreens yeah and you're uh you know like a 23 year old kid they already kind of hate you from the jump because they're like sure. seeing all the life in your eyes and all the future aspirations that a full mouth of teeth yeah, yeah. Shit is... what i would do is is when i had to like hand out a demand or i'd make it a request and i'd completely roll over on upper management like look i don't know i don't know why they need you to do this but right. you know right right I'm, I'm on your side right <laughs> that's, that's called deferring to a higher power mm -hmm. that's a that's a that's a technique that's a management technique right there did it did it throw your world askew when that closed and you had to find something different or did you see the writing on the wall 
I mean, I think I think it um, in the long run has been super beneficial because I can the thing I'm doing now. I'm just on autopilot and I'm able to think about music all day. Okay, and listen to Chrome Bills. That's what's up. How were you sure? about letting people there uh, know about your music? Were you actively like, hey, I got a show this Friday? Am uh, I or, current job yeah, or at the, the at the Walgreens gig? Oh, yeah, I would. I would just. I would. I mean, when I. <laughs> When I first started getting gigs, I would like stick flyers in the break room. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> none of the none of the fifty year old stock stock boys were coming out to stock men to the I Hollow Boy. Stock men, actually. <laughs> stock <laughs> and then now you said you're putting together L- LCD or LED PCP. L- what are you yeah, doing? He's like, an LCD like... sound system. Is what are you saying? They're like these little touch screens that um. Actually, I don't know what they do. I know it's something to do with like, uh, it's like medical equipment. Okay. I don't know. I honestly don't really care. All I know gotcha. is it's gotcha. easy. I can do it. <laughs> right. And, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm plugged in the whole time. So, so. audio books, you got right. that podcast. Give us, give us some stuff you've been listening to in the last couple of weeks. Uh, all right. Well, podcasts, most of them are weekly. So like I have like Mondays here, let me show you. Mondays is, is the oh, comedy written- bang bang. Okay. Oh, yeah, that's a good Scott one. Scott Ackerman. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, that's my shit. Um, Tuesdays, I think Marin is on Tuesday. Okay. And Wednesdays uh, is uh, Pete Holmes. You okay. made it weird. Oh, yeah. That's like that's my favorite. Yeah. I haven't yeah. checked that. I watch oh, Crashing. Yeah, we're, we're, we're all on Crashing, it. and we need to catch up on the Netflix special, I think, right? He that. had a he had a talk show on TBS that was fucking hysterical. What? I don't I think it lasted like a year and it was on at like one o'clock in the morning. Huh. It was great. Yeah, I didn't I didn't have cable when that was going on. I think I learned about him after that. But yeah, that dude that dude's hilarious. Yeah. Whenever I see him or hear his name now, I picture him telling Rachel Ray's mom that she's given at least five. <laughs> <laughs> What's the math on that? What's the math on that? <laughs> All right, so that was Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Let's see. Oh, uh, John Hodgman, the uh, the Judge John Hodgman yeah, podcast. That, yeah. that one's dope. You remember on The Daily Show when he would come on and do, like, reviews? He was, like, a billionaire. That's the guy, right? He the, did the, the Apple Ranger commercials? Yeah. 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 Oh, he John was good. Was great. Yeah. Wow. I don't That's the dude that. from the old Apple commercials? No. Yeah. yeah. It is? Okay. Oh, mm-hmm. hey, this guy's awesome. All right, thanks for putting me on to that. For sure. I just read all three of his books. Holy well, shit. listen to them on the on audio on audiobook. That dude's brilliant, man. Are you more of an audio book person than actually reading the books? No, I like um, reading more, but you know, I can't. Right. Can't I can't read while well. my hands are busy? Yeah. Right. Whoa. Hey. <laughs> Hello. All right. So that's like an hour out of every day. You listen to. Well, I, t- have, I have I have ten of them. Oh, no, <laughs> true. And like, oh, true. <laughs> Do you listen to, you ever heard of Oh Yeah Dude? Yeah, uh, Mitch and Des put me onto them. Those dudes are hilarious. So, dude, they're actually, uh, they've started doing live shows. I mean, they've been doing them for a while, but they're playing in D.C. Uh, in a couple of weeks. You know who's two days before that? That I'm not sure if you, you know who Tim and Eric are? Tim and Eric, yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, so, shit. I'm going to see their live show. Uh, I'm taking my 18 year old brother in law to their live show. I'm sure that's yeah, gonna it's going to be so fucking weird. Be yeah. yeah. Oh, to the Tim and Eric live show? Yeah. What is that consistent? Yeah, I don't know. So I've seen, I spent way too much time. Actually, one time when uh, Dez was living with Mitch, I don't know if Mitch was living with Dez, how that worked, but I went up to Albany once 
and had like 10 hours to kill and watched maybe four seasons of the Tim and Eric show and even got into the bonus footage of like their, their live shows. It looked, it looks weird. Back to back. I've never done acid, but I feel like <laughs> 10 hours of Tim and Eric was worse than dropping like 40 tabs of acid. Yeah. I felt it was, it, it took me a while to adjust after that. It does something to your psyche. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Great job. And one of those dudes is in Master of None, right? Mm-hmm. Eric Wareheim. Yeah. He fucking Man, directs episodes. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those dudes, they're, they like they were like really serious about, um, they went to film school and, and wanted to make super prestigious like art house movies and then somehow went off the deep end. And, yeah. It's called weed. I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know what, what is the, the they, fuel uh, of that. I feel like they were so in the same way that like you've got like the Dilla premiere tree, you've got the doom, you know, hieroglyphics tree of MCs. I feel like Tim and Eric in terms of influencing certain comedy. I mean, Eric Andre is straight. He's, oh, yeah. he's straight it's off that tree. Yeah, right you know now. what I mean? But the editing, the facial expressions of a lot of comedians today, I feel like are, you know, you'll have like the Will Ferrell tree. That's a little bit like knock you over the head kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then Tim and Eric, which is just subtle and like, you got to be, Kind of fucked up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that every every everyone's biting that style. Yeah. No. Now speaking of trees, who who would you say your influences are? Uh, MCs and stuff. Yeah. Uh, let's see. I think Aesop is my favorite. Okay. Um, Black Thought from the Roots. He's everybody's favorite though. Very true. Um, Agreed. Mm-hmm. What else do I like? I mean, I grew up listening to like Common and Most Def and that whole like group of dudes i like uh bus driver a lot that's i pretty much only listen to bus driver lately really how about milo we've been talking about milo a lot milo's dope man i just learned about milo so it's interesting because uh well i noticed like the uh my attempted villainy it seems like doom is a pretty big influence on you um that i was i'm really into to comic books okay And, and i was thinking i was more so thinking about like Victor Von Doom, but gotcha. Okay, gotcha. I tend to forget that <laughs> that MF Doom took on that moniker and it's and it's untouchable. But <laughs> what's interesting because like cadence wise and particularly accent wise, there's that was one of the things I first noticed um, when I first got into your stuff. I feel like you and Milo have uh, a way of accentuating certain words and phrases that's very unique to just the two of you. But it's almost like Doom will do sort of the same thing. Huh. I mean, yeah, I guess I can see that. I know that Milo's like like a bookhead. He's like a a big time reader, and I think people that read a lot tend to say the whole word like this. Right, 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 right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it's funny. Someone else said that to me recently. I was trying to. I don't know if you guys know JB from Albany. Yeah. Uh, J- I was playing him um the the Milo record, and the first thing he said was, "Oh, this is your new shit." I I mean, it's the weirdest thing because it's not, it's, it's just all enunciation. Like when I found out that you were from Rochester, I just assumed you were from like the West coast with with that kind of enunciation. But I I think the point that I know that Milo is heavily influenced by doom, who's obviously heavily influenced by comic books and comic books. Like the words are chosen very carefully, which obviously you do. I think somehow it all meshes together. Maybe I don't know. 
That's awesome. Hey, man, if you want to lump me in with, with like the greatest dudes ever, feel free. <laughs> so let, let, let us tell you about this. Did you know the, did you know the show uh, Blind Date? Yeah. Did you know Bell Driver was on that? Yeah, my uh, that's a classic. My yeah. uh, the drummer in my band <laughs> put me onto that. I was bugged out. When the, when his date comes at the door and Tumex answers the door, oh, I didn't realize. That. Yeah, that's funny <laughs> shit. That shit was unbelievable. It was awesome. That must have been from a while ago. Yeah, it's a minute ago. That yeah, that was like Dread Bus Driver. Yeah. Yes. Okay, I got to rewatch that. Yeah, he's he's one of those dudes like you. You will go out of your way to use. Uh, schemes that nobody else has used and I feel like bus driver I mean for somebody who's rapping in 16 bars he's gonna have like a gazillion rhymes he also goes out of his way to do that like I really fuck with those kind of people yeah and it's pretty much like unduplicatable right like I I just couldn't I couldn't imagine trying to like take on that like I don't know man he's he's just brilliant he's doing too much well, I, I think, you know, when you talk about the different trees, like he obviously had the Freestyle Fellowship and Project Bloat influence. Mm-hmm. And then he also there's also like some East Coast influence in terms of the, uh, I don't know what the right word to describe, almost sort of like how Dez has like a bullyish cadence. Mm-hmm. Like Bus Driver will sprinkle that in within like the crazy fast syncopated yeah. shit. I think he's an amalgamation of a lot more styles than a lot of other MCs. Sure. Every time you say bus driver, I keep hearing Open Mike Eagle saying, "We get in the car and, she, and he say, Daddy, play some bus driver.'" Yeah, that's a great song. Open Mike's amazing. Hell yeah. We haven't heard uh, any Open Mike recently. He well, put some shit it's because he's know? been busy. I got a verse. I got a song with him and Slug uh, from my next record. It's already done. Are you I, serious? I told you that. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm surprised every time I hear that. Yeah. I'm sure. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I th- I think because he. Uh, hasn't even shared it with the two people he does a podcast with <laughs> informally. Yeah. Hasn't happening. even played it off of his phone God like before damn, or after an episode. Like, hey, here's a snippet. I'll tell you why. So when Idea and Abilities put out By the Throat, Idea had sent me a copy of it like six months before uh, it came out. He's like, I just want your opinion on this. Obviously, don't let anybody hear it, which I didn't. About uh, two months after it came or before it came out, we were doing a show, and uh, Artemis said to Abilities, he's like, yo, I love your new record. And Abilities looked at me. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? I was like, I didn't, I didn't give it to him. I don't know how he got it. But that's what, I don't want to have anybody to trace this shit back to. You know what I mean? True. Mm-hmm. I don't want to have to. Oh, who am I kidding? I'm not going to do anything. I'll just be glad if anybody hears it. You should, you should debut it on this episode. There you go. I, well, I like this guy. He's a natural <laughs> podcaster mm-hmm. right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you going to do your own podcast? You got all kinds of experience listening to him. I uh, I tried to to get one going. I did like four episodes and then just decided it wasn't for me. What was that Ma- called? Maybe maybe I'll try to pick. It was called the Supreme Dweebcast. Okay, that's oh, a pretty that's a good name. name. Yeah. You know what? Because I was just like super influenced by like the silly ones, and I wanted to like sit down and riff, but all my friends are rappers, right? And they have no fucking sense of humor, so it was <laughs> just like me trying to be funny and them like trying to be cool. It didn't it didn't uh. work. Do you have all right? So the guy that you recorded with, what'd you say his name was Sharp? Yeah, he goes by Sharp. His you, name's Brian. Do you and and the Sharp Bri- sounds better than it sounds more hip-hop. Brian Sharp? I actually think oh Brian Sharp. I think I know a Brian Sharp, but I'm sure it's not the same. I'm sure there's several <laughs> Brian Sharps in the phone book. Do you think you guys have the rapport conversationally that you could do the podcast with him? Yeah, we definitely could, but like he's he's got like a real job. St- 
stage fright Mike Shy oh, kind of uh, thing. Okay. And he's just not into the limelight. If 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 I were to do it, I would have to. It would have to be like hidden camera. Okay, <laughs> I'm not recording yet. But tell me your thoughts on the new Doom album. Get them drunk. Right. <laughs> right. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, I mean, 125 episodes into this one, we're making a ton of money. You know, it's very successful. Definitely worth taking that. time away from our loved ones to do an hour every week. So you know, I couldn't recommend it any higher. Yeah, man. I- I, I would love I'm to. I'm joking. We're broke. <laughs> the only okay. thing we made money on is shirts, and then uh, Cole refuses to reorder the shirts. <laughs> for that. He I just, said, I believe our exact quote from a group text this week was, I'm fine getting them, but I don't have the time to coordinate this bullshit. <laughs> I didn't say bullshit. I, you added the bullshit on there. I did the first I did the first he, run. He sprinkled that on there. I did the first run. There's three of us. Let's let's. It, it seems like you guys really enjoy doing it. Though. Oh yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. For sure. Part of it was that I moved, so I feel like uh, you know I used to live in D.C. with these guys, and then I moved to New York in 2013, which was four years ago now. Goddamn, crazy to think. And uh, they're the two friends of mine that I've kept up with the most because we at least have like an hour long conversation every other week. Yeah, right. as, you, as you get older, you're gonna find that you have to schedule your hangout time with your friends. <laughs> right. Like right, you have yeah. to have an outlook calendar event with when you're going to hang out with your friends. That's, that's adult. Right. That's adult life to me. Right. At least. Right. You know? Right. And that's, by the way, the podcast the super strong alibi compared to, I'm just going to G G chat with my friends tonight. <laughs> like even if I'm like out at happy hour with people and they're like, Oh, you going home? I'm like, Oh, I got a podcast at nine. If I was like, I'm just going to catch up with Steve. <laughs> on GJ. Well, it's funny. Like, so I was leaving my, my parents. Freestyle. <laughs> My parents are going out of town. I live pretty far from them. I, I don't get to see them that often. So I had scheduled to see them on Tuesday. Yeah. And then my dad had to do something. And so he's like, can you just come over Thursday? And I was like, I got a heart out at 830. He's like, for what? I was like, I don't know if I want to explain yeah, I this. To you, this I, you can't even give me your your cable login and password so I could, don't have to have cable at my house. I don't know if I can explain a podcast to you. <laughs> No, but they're super. Shout outs to my dad. Shout outs sure to my <laughs> But no, it, it's hella fun. And I will say this like, I feel like, you know, as we were talking about Rod Bennington and, and, and the different avenues that creative people have for their personalities, listening to your, to your music, you have a very conversational, easy flow to what you're doing. And so, you know, I mean, podcasting isn't exactly lucrative, but I could see it being a good outlet for what you do. Sure. I will always say this for us was that, uh, as someone who was a rapper and still is a rapper, when you approach someone musically and you're like, hey, I would like to do a song with you, <clears throat> usually it's like, at best, a lukewarm response if they don't know you. Mm-hmm. When you approach someone and say, we'd like to interview you for a podcast, I think we're, if we're not batting 100%, we're at maybe one or two people that have ever turned us down. Right. And most oh, of the time, right. people are like super excited. And that's, if well, it's rappers are like, no, it, I, I get to talk about myself. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But we've had, I mean, we've had Odyssey, we've had Slug from Atmosphere, Sage, Doppelgangers. Like we had a Edon, we've had a really good list. I'm leaving tons of people off. I don't want to rattle them off. But like the response has always been, oh yeah, when? Like let's set it up. Yeah, I've known Slug for close to like fucking twenty years now. I had him on the podcast twice before I was able to get a verse from him. <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I, I think that's the other thing too is that you you have a lot to you know by you I mean us our listeners you know the knowledge that you have you know when you try to squeeze it into a couple 16s you know that it, that that has its limitations as a format and it has to rhyme 
where you can make cruel fuel and sell no copies. But yeah, I mean, your point's well taken, you know. But I, I think that there's other there's other formats in which you can sort of expand, you know, about all this stuff. Right. You know. Yeah, for I'm sure. sure. I mean, what, I'm not sure. What, Prodigy what? always rhymes. I throw a TV at you, crazy. <laughs> we need D batteries for the theme music. <laughs> That's like the best rhyme that doesn't rhyme. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. I was gonna say I don't know if he's he's got a role or or what. I mean, I'm in no rush. Riffing or what? Yeah, I mean, it's a, play some music. Or? Believe we, we will sit here and talk for four hours. Right. If you got to go, let us know. But if not, we'd be glad to keep at throwing some questions at you. I'm probably good for another like half hour, forty five. Okay. Right, you guys want to? How about some music though? Let's play one. Yeah, of let's play some. Right, yeah. What, what, I like nothing news. Okay. Are you going to play? Yeah, yeah, Steve Bell's hey, on, on the digital wheels. Hold on, let me put in my, uh, my passcode first. The phone right that there. actually would be a good bit. Let's play some music, and then you just do nothing for 20 minutes. <laughs> Nothing new, it's barely even news. 
it's right in front of you. I mean, it's barely even news. Uh, get in tune, it's right in front of you. It's nothing new, it's barely even news. So be in tune, it's right in front of you. I mean, it's barely even news. hate listening to myself <laughs> and then, you had to, then you had to look at three other people listening yeah was, that was rough thanks a lot guys <laughs> all right so let's let's talk about that one you said it takes a while uh for you to write and that you generally steer clear of concepts obviously that's a conceptual song very mm-hmm. dense did that one take a, a while to write um i don't think so man i think i uh drank like two gallons of coffee and uh <laughs> I had just finished up arguing with, uh, I won't put them on blast, but you know how you, 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 you right. can't really tell how passionate you are about something until uh, someone with an opposing view is like on your back about it. And then you're right. like, hold on. You like whip the claws out and you're like, oh shit, I guess this does matter to me. Once so you, I don't once know. you go into survival mode, you know how you feel about it. Yeah, for sure. So it was kind of, that, that one came out quickly, believe it or not. So who makes your beats? That was just, oh, so Sharp does a lot of your production too. Yeah, he he's he's probably everything I've put out. He's probably three quarters of the production. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. He's got uh, it's a very distinct sound. I really enjoyed the production on all three of the, those records. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'll have to let him know. You tell him. Yeah. Forget he, the live band, kid. <laughs> <laughs> Stick with the beats. He's doing the the family thing. He's got two daughters and uh, congrats. Uh, hardcore like production jobs, so it's hard to right. It's hard to get him in the basement these days. Right. Yeah. That sounded horrible. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep trying to get him in the basement. <laughs> One foot in the mm-hmm. make Muppets. Uh, make Muppets out of our leaders. I feel like that's a very apropos line as to what's going on right now. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that was that. I think that record's very much pre-Trump. Yeah. You know what? I was actually listening to Bus Driver on a, a podcast, probably, and he was saying they asked him how he felt about Pres Obama, and he was saying like, you know, he's a really well-managed and well-dressed-up celebrity, but the job is inherently evil. Yeah. So regardless of like what tools they come into that job with, I mean. Yeah. I mean, just, this is a well-known fact, particularly for anybody who listens to a lot of podcasts, but Obama authorized more drone strikes than any president before him. And I think that has less to do with him personally and more to do with the position of being president during a time where that's even possible. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So I I, I kind of just want to be like, this is a fucking mess, right? And then have you talk about it for like 10 minutes. I just want to get your, if there's anything in particular you'd like to say about it, That'll get you fired from. Well, you won't get fired from Walgreen anymore. So, <laughs> what about 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 the just the political climate or the global or the the dis, the slow descent of humanity into the jaws of hell? Anything like that? Uh, what happened you, today? We left the Paris uh, climate treaty. Or, yeah, basically. The, I hope Mar-a-Lago floods fucking tomorrow. Is it wrong to say that? <laughs> That's <brilliant>. <laughs> <laughs> I've personally been a little bit unplugged just because it's Don't. it's just so ridiculous. It's like it's like Saturday Night Live, but in real life. Yeah. 
Just don't don't get totally unplugged, man. You got to stay. We have to stay yeah. involved. We have to stay present. You have to talk to your Republican family members and maybe soon to be ex friends and do, yeah. what you, do what you can. We can't disconnect from this, even as painful as it is. We cannot disconnect the, from it. The the interesting thing I heard today is that you know. I think it proves the point that the energy is in the opposition that for the first time in 10 years fox has dropped to number three in the ratings among the news channels from it, from uh, one to from three. one yeah. yeah from one so it's just like during obama when they're just like can you believe this guy got mustard on a burger you know, <laughs> <laughs> they just, uh, john oliver right they were like this was the story four months into his presidency like just doing an apples to apples comparison with trump yeah. and it was like sean hannity bitching about it but it's true i mean if you watch I would like CNN on in my house in the morning and the whole entire thing is like Trump Russia. And yeah. I'm like, yo, I kind of want to punch out on this. It's getting, it's just becoming too much. But at the same time, I'm like, how is this infinite well of material to be reported on 24 hours a day about one story? Yeah. Well, we the, have, sure. the line that you have, like uh, where you talk about your man who's saying I'm out for Delph and you're like, look, I agree with them. You know, I, and I think that's, that's really the pervasive mentality of, of people now that's taken over is people looking out for self, not being concerned with, because if you concern yourself with the well-being of others, knowing that it, that also means the well-being of yourself, then you have more of a total view. And there's just people looking out for themselves now. And the craziest thing to me is when you watch something like Fox News, CNN, it, so it, it got to a point, uh, Max had this funny thing about uh, the rap you, where like every beat nut song was like, you're a bitch. Like, you know, I'm going to fucking rob you. It was like, whoever mm -hmm. this you is that is like the, the target of every rap song has just got to be the most defiled person <laughs> of all time. And by the way, his girl's been fucked so many times. Right. right. So, right. Many, so many rappers have fucked the rap you's girl. But I, I feel like you, as a, a lot of MCs, they reach a point where they're like, all right, well, I, I've got to transition out of going after this ambiguous rap you. But when you watch TV now, like particularly Fox News, all they're doing is complaining about what the other side's doing. Yeah. I mean, it's like not like 95% of it is like, can you believe, like Chuck, you're saying about the mustard and like the the drop in the ratings for Fox News, you know, because their guy is in there now. I, that's that's a sad state of affairs for me. They It's a lot easier to not be defending the person making the moves, right? That's like a hard place to be in. It's so easy to just complain about the person that is doing it right right, that's, right. well i guess that's an infinite well of material you couldn't have a 30 minute show where you're like shit's great bye <laughs> yeah but this has been a slow you know this assault, is worse. assault on truth yeah assault on facts to a point where you're you no longer you no longer trust in these institutions that we've come up with that we rely on to make decisions yeah so now we're at a place where we don't even we can't even get the other side to admit that you know the fucking earth is round, <laughs> right? You know? well, that, yeah. literally. And you need Yo, to, you need to take that first you know stone to stand on to in order to make well informed decisions and have progress. The cuts to the EPA, you know, it's basically because it makes business it makes America less competitive business wise than China. I mean, that's what it comes down to when they're making the cuts with the EPA. The Paris Treaty, the reason he pulled out, he's like, look, these bullshit things that we're asking China to pay, we're subsidizing them and they're causing more. It, it is one of the few things I agree with him on principle where he's saying, you're asking us to pay for what, to pay for the part of this that China should pay for and they're 10 times more pollutant than we are. This doesn't make sense. 
So I, when he said he's going to withdraw, he was like, I'm willing to renegotiate. I'm not saying we're just done with this and fuck it. I'm willing to renegotiate. That's completely separate than dismantling the EPA. Say, we can't say that we're the greatest country in the world if, we don't, if we're not setting the standard. Uh, yeah. We're not setting the standard for democracy. We're not setting the standard for, you know, the way we treat immigrants and all of these things. The one thing I always... Well, I always come back to this with that. Is that like, I just, it's like when people are like, I'd rather deal with someone who's overtly racist than someone who's passive aggressively racist. America, name me a time when America's ever been super receptive to all immigrants. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not saying that it's right, but. Sure. That's the one thing about liberalism that kind of that kind of drives me nuts. You're like everybody's going to get along. It's like that's not how human beings work. So let's let's try to find more of a middle ground. But I don't know. It, this shit's a mess. But it's always been a mess, and it always will be a mess. I think. Going back to what Steve said about like a war on facts and a war on truth. It's like I can't believe it took so long and so many like well thought out, educated debates for someone to just take. Uh, basically a five-year-old mentality to have someone report something and the response be, you did this. No, I didn't. Right. It's like, no, it's like blatantly here. Uh, that's just not true. And it's like, there's no, when, it, because not every single discussion and every single fact can be vetted in a court of law, it's like, it's basically just a call my bluff thing. But it's like, if I deny so much shit, there's, it's exhaustive to try and, actually research it and it just is like even if you track down half of them it's like oh, i'm already on to he just denied 10 other things right like yeah. it's a post-fact world so moses did the conversation <laughs> that you had with the person that led to nothing news did that do irreparable damage to the friendship you guys still cool or you i'm assuming it was a guy no but it was my uh <laughs> my girlfriend's dad okay yeah i think we were that's like perfect, we were going actually. we were that's going actually. back and forth yeah so there's no way out that's perfect. um we were going back and forth about like the Trayvon Martin thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It, it's what the argument is ultimately is like you have the law and all of its red tape and why you can get away with doing certain things. And then you just have plain old like right and wrong. And if you're, on, if you're on like the wrong side of the fence, of course you're going to use the law and all of its loopholes to, to, to get what you want. And that's what happens all the time. Right. There's right, wrong and legal. You know? Right. Very true. You know. Jesus. How about that? It's a new I'm song. Right, wrong, and new song for yeah, somebody. There's three writers in this podcast. I, Who's going to get a song I called used it, Right, Wrong, I, and Legal? I came up with that line in, in 2009. I used it on a song with uh, Head Rock and Noik. Okay. Never came out, though. All right. But copy. Was it produced, produced by Damu? Actually, it was produced by Jay Skrilla, <laughs> I think. <laughs> but yeah, you know, I mean, it, it is. that's one of the things that I think humans can never lose and that that is one principle of america that i think should stand is that in some countries you can't have open debate about things and open debate in some places quickly devolves into anarchy and warfare whereas in america i think i think it should be defended people's rights uh, to be able to express opposing sides of it and and it not cause somebody to say, I'll never speak to you again. Well, I think you're bad on the inside. But our president encourages people right. to silence op- opposition. I mean, He's that's fundamentally undemocratic. Here's the problem I have with Trump more than anything else is that his job is not to represent... Just that side. No, his job is to defend the Constitution. And he doesn't know... He doesn't 
either doesn't know that or doesn't act like it. That's the problem I have with people that... He's pushing his agenda. Well, I mean, inherent to the power that comes with being president, I think it's easy to lose sight of. You're, you're not a representative in the way that, like, a senator is a representative of, of local interest. Right. Your job as president is to represent the Constitution. And that's that's obviously not happening with him. But I what a mess. It's depressing, but we need to stay involved. It, it, well, to, and we it, need to don't we need to spend some money. I, in, I I will say this, Moses, and to you know, like I feel like people that are that are younger than Steve Chuck and I. The most depressing part about it for me is even if you tune out for the next four years, the next time the presidential cycle comes around, the most depressing part about this for me was a lot of people that voted for Trump were saying, "I'm tired of this coastal elitism," you know, making me feel neglected, right? And then that coastal elitism manifested in neglect to the point where those people didn't go out and vote and they are now fucking complaining. I know I've cited this before, but Trump won with less combined votes than Romney and McCain lost with. And when you think about that, it almost seems impossible that that, that few people voted that would have, you know, theoretically voted for Hillary Clinton. I almost feel like this is this is what you get. Like this oh, is yeah. this system does work. But it, the one thing it can't negate is apathy. Sure. And a lack of participation. And this goes, I think this ties directly into the Russian meddling in the um, they saw the it. They saw, him as, they saw us as they, rape. They used social media to plant these stories to make people who were prone to be apathetic to not want to go out and vote for Hillary. They plant stories right. like... Your vote doesn't matter. Don't, right. You don't need to go out there. Well, now here's the thing, you know, like with Kat, and I say this as somebody who didn't vote like the second time after Bush won the first time because I lived in Maryland and it always goes Democrat. Yeah. So with Kaepernick, when he didn't vote, you know, in this past election, a lot of people are like this fucking idiot. If he came out and said, he's like, look, you know, I, I wasn't happy with either of them, but California is always going to go Democrat. What difference does it make if I vote? I don't think... On principle, I don't agree with him not voting, but I mean, the manifestation of it, how can you disagree with that? But I think that if enough people do vote, even when they know that their state's going to go one way, if they vote for a third party, if any election is ever shown that we need more than two parties, this was the one. Yeah. And and that's the most irresponsible part I see about people who didn't vote was at the very least be like, all right, well, like the idea that Nader cost Gore the election, that's fucking stupid. That's not true. But so this time around, if somebody was just like, I'll throw, I'm going behind Jill Stein or I'm going for somebody else, at least make it known, like, I, I hate both of you, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. right. That, that, that's the route I took. Because the, the argument was, um, you know, if you vote for, if you're not voting for Hillary, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a, 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 vote a, for a mark for Trump. Right. But I mean, but I, I like Jill Stein better. So a, a vote for Hillary is a vote against Jill Stein. Right. Sure. Right. Is is uh, the, and I don't mean to make it sound like you're like our fucking grandkid or something. Or like the people that you hang out with about your age are they pretty? Are they pretty involved in this stuff? Do you have conversations with them about it? Or I mean, we all like had like the freak out, like oh shit, this is really about to happen. And and honestly, I think that if if uh, me and my group of friends and and groups of people like us all around the world or all around the country, excuse me, right, um, gave a shit throughout the year and not just election time, we probably would have had better candidates. Yeah. You know, now are you, are or, you, or they would have had to come to you guys with a 
better message or a better platform or tailored their platform to you if they sh if you could show them hey we're actually somebody that you should reach out to you know they i mean they're yeah. listening they yeah. follow these polls they want to know who's going to come out and vote for them so hillary clinton didn't go to fucking wisconsin for like 18 months right in an area in a in an area a swing state that always had, well that had gone democrat i think the overwhelming majority of the time this time again the elitism that leads to feeling neglected completely manifested itself in her. She was the embodiment of it, but yep. I mean, and now they banned cheese from that fucking state. So. <laughs> Did they really? No, I'm just okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Some good cheddar. Mm -hmm. What's uh, what's Rochester like? Uh, we've all uh, been to Albany, but I'm, I don't think I've been. I've been, to Rochester. I've been to Rochester once. It's fucking cold. Okay. Okay. Yeah, we get we get hit pretty hard in winter. But I mean, I think it's like sort of like a tiny Detroit. Okay. I mean, you have like your affluent sides of town, and then um, the poor parts of town are very poor. Yeah. Um, Rochester. I mean, RIT's there. RIT. Um, Kodak. Pa paychecks. Kodak. Isn't paychecks big up there? Um, I don't know that it originated here, but I know a lot of people that work for paychecks, and they're they're doing all right. I have no idea what, what's paychecks. It's uh, I think at your job you have ADP, but it's the payroll companies oh, that do okay. it, it, mm -hmm. like a company. If you work for a two hundred person company, they're gonna do their own pay payroll. Gotcha. They're gonna outsource it. They got the garbage plate, obviously. <laughs> I had to work in the garbage plate somehow. What's that? The garbage plate. Yeah, are you unaware? Okay. Uh, what is that? It's it's like a late night meal. You should you should describe this. I tried right. to step to one once. I didn't. I did. I didn't make it. it. I couldn't do it. I mean, it's basically like, oh Jesus, M macaroni, <laughs> macaroni like with a, chili, French fries, cheese, potato well, first, salad, first, or some shit. First, like the main course. Just picture it's a styrofoam box with just different kinds of slop inside of it. Okay. But the the main parts are either hot dogs or a cheeseburger. <laughs> at least two of each. Okay. Um, with uh, home fries or hash browns and mac salad, and it's just kind of all slopped together. But it's, it's just... like it's piled though. It's not like these are separate compartments. <laughs> these are it's piled on top of each other, right? Yeah, it's like it's like a burger of Frank on a bed of of slop. <laughs> but it, so in the way that like Cincinnati has skyline chili, the chili served over like spaghetti. Is this is the garbage plate? Is that what you said? Yeah, garbage. Is that plate. come from a particular restaurant or? Yeah, it's a diner. It's okay. called Nick Tahoe's. I don't know when they origin originated. I was busy not being born yet, but it's like the it's like the Rochester thing, unfortunately. Now, it's as actually a, as a vegan or a veggie friendly person, do you do you like go pick it there? That sounds like that the actually, most anti that is the origination of sewer chef is <laughs> yeah. going yeah. looking at the garbage. No, those, those people are having a good time. I'm not judging. Okay. But okay. I mean you there's always like the veggie option, like there's the, the veggie burger. Okay. With with all those things and it's great. Is, is it good? Oh, there's a veggie garbage plate? That's kind of interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there's a veggie veggie or vegan version of everything, man. I, I completely understand the idea of going polar opposite of what maybe marketing would tell you to do, but I would think, you know, if you're coming up with food, garbage is not what you want in the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, know, I don't know how that term originated. Yeah. I think, like, the, the, the thing people say is that it looks the same on the way out. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. <laughs> you gotta meet my producer. What's he go by? Whack Beats. <laughs> <laughs> it's some good garbage, I'll be honest. Okay. I yeah. love garbage. <laughs> How do you deal with the winters up there? 
I guess you're used to them. You've been there your whole life. Yeah, they're tough, man. Um, really, really cold and lots of snow. Like travel bans, at least at least one a year. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the worst part is that it, it can fuck with your money. You know, you got to get to work. Yeah. You can't get to work. The one you know? thing I noticed being up there, like in Minneapolis, is that when in areas where they are used to a lot of snow, the municipalities do a really good job of cl- keeping the roads clear. Mm, no, not in the hood. Not in the hood, man. Okay. They don't. They don't. Uh, they're not up early enough to get to get us on the road safely. Okay. Shit. Like they'll get they'll get the main roads, but I mean like the little side streets, they're they they'll probably go down there like a couple times a day. Yeah. I mean everywhere is impressive when your basis of analysis is Washington DC, right. a city yeah. that completely shuts down with two and a half inches of snow. I, I literally last year on the Beltway, uh they were calling for this huge belt uh blizzard on a Friday starting at noon. So on Wednesday night at eight o'clock, I was leaving and had to get on the belt. They literally shut the beltway down <laughs> because uh, ice had started to fall, mm-hmm. and they were so uh, focused on what was going to happen Friday that even though it was twenty-three degrees and they were calling for precipitation, they hadn't prepared for it, so they hadn't treated the road. I literally sat on the beltway right uh, at the Wisconsin Avenue exit for I think it was four and a half hours. Oh my god! <laughs> so I don't know if I've ever told you this. The the entire time, like. Every, I don't know, half hour or so, I'd get out, stretch out, like maybe smoke a cigarette or something. The last time I did it, I got out and slipped and fell on my ass. (laughs) 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 And I was sitting there thinking, I was like, I have to get back in my car. And like everybody behind me is now knowing me as the the one dude who kept getting out and then eventually fell down. They were probably hoping you would get out again. (laughs) Right, right. There he goes. Right. You're the entertainment for the night. Right. It's on someone's Snapchat. I'm sure. Someone yelled. Someone yelled. World star. I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how you deal with it, man. I fucking hate winter. It's tough. I don't like summer, man. I don't do well in the heat. You get? Does it get real humid up there? I know Albany get. Yeah. Get, yeah gets a little nasty. Really. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm a hairy bastard, so I'm just miserable. Are you really? Oh, oh, oh I sense a little competition. I think okay. we need an arm hair battle right now. I've had how many let me ask you this. Uh, oh yeah, oh, you got yeah, that, you, that's light works on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna ask you how many times in the last two years have you gotten your back and or shoulders waxed? Because I'm in double figures. I I haven't I haven't had the the balls to hey. to, to go up in one of them places and as the as the Vietnamese woman who did uh, when I when I went down to Florida, she's like, "Listen, everything beauty pain." Yeah, she said, yeah. She said that too. yeah. <laughs> I didn't tell you this. They so <laughs> we went. And I thought I thought I had told my wife. I was like, "Yo, you need to take the car to like Target or something. Like, this is gonna take a while, right?" Yeah. <laughs> Forty five minutes into it, she came in. And she was like, "What? What's taking so long?" And the woman was like, "Did you see before?" <laughs> Did they do Brazilians? Bro, I, I was like, "You're not getting anywhere close down there." The Manzillion. I don't oh, what, what was it? Lonnie's Punani. Lonnie's, Lonnie's Punani, sponsor of the show, early Chrome. <laughs> <laughs> My friend was working for Living Social, which I imagine has gone completely out of business, but was like Groupon, one of those sites where you got the deals, and uh, he actually had the account for Lonnie's Punani. <laughs> In which is a Brazilian place in California, uh, still exists and definitely has a very funny website and very funny menu on the website that I remember reading through 
on an episode. And then the very next day, walking outside of my office in New York and seeing that the sandwich place across the street from my office was called Johnny's Panini. And I (laughs) thought it was the funniest shit ever. (laughs) Sent a picture to you two guys. I was like, yo, you're not going to believe this shit. It's a merger. Mm-hmm. It's a small Cole, world. Cole, I know you. I know you're always tracking an episode <laughs> name. I think everything beauty semicolon pain is certainly <laughs> a potential for this one. It's either that or a rapping cartoon bat. That was like the original. That. That's, that's original Actually, that's probably bat. better. Yeah, like Do you guys re- are you really not familiar with Batty the 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 rapping? Uh, when you lab said bat. Fern Gully, I mean, I've, I've I've heard of that. I can't say I've seen it. It was like it. so. There's like these like little pixie fairy people that live in the woods and um what the fuck and like the construction workers are like chopping all the trees down it's like a it's like a pro environmentalist movie okay um isn't it like a car it is a cartoon right so there's rap yes yep and tone loke was like a komodo dragon and he was like busting rap too is it a show or a movie it's a movie a a movie okay robin williams okay robin williams is all coked up being a bat (laughs) <laughs> Robin Williams biting other people's raps for right. his own. Sorry, that's recipe. That was fucked up. These are RW originals, man. Yeah. Hold on. Oh, I think God. I got. I think I found it. I found it. Hold on. Let's see what we can get here. Okay. Oh, I seem to get the munchies. I love this already. This is DJ Evil D on production. This isn't ringing any bells. This is not a. Uh, this is an outtake. This, this is, is bad. Long ass intro. This is the spoken word part of the movie. This reminds me of like the last song on a Roots album that I always skip, <laughs> but like the girls doing poetry. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm about to have here my shoulders whacked. <laughs> okay. This is a beat Steve would play over freestyle. <laughs> That's not true, man. <laughs> oh, this is terrible. I'm glad that you you've evolved from this, man. Yeah, I mean it's the reason it's the reason I rap. <laughs> Fern Gully. Well, so speaking of uh, influences on your rap outside of Tone Loke, who, by the way, I want to remind you made Wild Thing and probably made more money off of that than he did from Wild Thing. I think Tone Loke was actually legit, kind of in the like in in the gang scene. I don't think we want to no, right. Diss yeah, Tone let's not this. Let's not this. Funky Cole Medina is a banger too, right? For sure. Uh, you <laughs> you have a good. Uh, it's particularly for someone that uh, I mean, at twenty seven, you have a very good historical awareness of rap do you go out of your way to go back and check out the older stuff oh yeah man i mean rap's really all i've ever cared about so i was like you know reading the books watching the documentaries um you know the graffiti aspect of it the earlier djs yeah man yeah that's that that's all i've ever cared about I've, i've done all the research you can do i think that's what's up okay do you build with like the older heads up there? Yeah, of course. Yeah. What's some old, what's to... some old school Rochester um rap that I need to know about? Oh jeez. Well, Hassan Hassan Mackey's been doing stuff for quite a while. He's he's um Yep. He's, he's on he's on um Mellow Music? Mellow he put music, out some yeah. with Apollo Brown, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that record came out out on Mellow Music. Um There's some bangers on there. Oh man, he's incredible. How about like eighties 
Are there 80s Rochester rap acts? Um, you know, there might be. I don't know too much about like old school local stuff, but I mean, I've met guys who've told me they used to That's <laughs> get busy back in the day. Yeah, 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 but um, like there's there's some cats that have a radio show, a local radio show. Um, the teacher Mush, and uh, it's called the Bob Muhammad Hip Hop Show, and the three dudes that host it, I think, um, were have been were super active in like the local rap scene. The Bob Muhammad Show. The Bob Muhammad Hip Hop Show. Yeah, we have like a low frequency uh, radio thing called Wayo, one hundred four point three FM, and and um, they play like a, a lot of local jams. Shout okay. out to them. Um, but yeah, they were they were I guess super active in in the eighties, going into like Battle of the Bands, being like the only rap um, act in that's the in the competition. Yeah, you know? I want to. Do you think they? Yeah, I want, that's what I'm gonna check for right now. Steve loves the old school. I like stuff. old. I love old school shit. Mm-hmm. Well, yo, uh, I know you had said about forty minutes ago um, that you had about thirty, forty-five minutes left. We don't want to take up your entire evening. Don't want you neglecting the dog that's been nipping at your heels all night. Uh, I'm good, man. We really appreciate. I, this is one of the things that we really enjoy most about doing the podcast: finding out about new, you know, people that we weren't aware of, and then the opportunity to talk to them. You know, definitely. weeks later is fucking amazing. So, yeah, thanks definitely. for taking the time to join us, man. Dude, no hell problem. Yeah. Thank you. Hell yeah, hell yeah. This was awesome. And when you've got a new project dropping, I mean, if we get if we find get wind of it, we'll definitely reach out to you. But if you ever want to, if you ever want to get your music out to the same twelve people over and over again, <laughs> <laughs> I know who to call. Yeah, yeah hit exactly, us up. Exactly. I I think you're underplaying it. I remember when uh, Des posted something. He's like, "There's nothing more exciting than having your record played for two dozen people." And I replied, two dozen dozen." Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I when, I, when I chart the numbers, it's. <laughs> It's somewhere two dozen dozen. I've been pleasantly surprised. You know, a couple interviews for one reason or another have just completely caught fire and gotten shared all over the interwebs and all that stuff. Donald Trump will retweet it. So, I mean, hopefully we'll make that happen with this one. It's a a Colfefe. Even even if it's just (laughs) me getting to talk to you guys, that's that's cool enough. Word up. up. All right, brother. Chrome Bills, episode 125. Signing off. Peace, y'all. Peace. Peace.